already done. So, but you're still recording. I I am recording. Are we not recording? No, we're recording. I'm yeah, I'm recording. Okay. Yeah, this is on tape. Cool. I feel like I want to pull my metronome up now and just have everything I say be on beat. This is all canon. Nah, don't do that. <laughs> That'd be so funny if you recorded the whole episode with a click track. <laughs> and you just didn't that say anything. That would be anything. annoying as fuck. And I would not listen to it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone... If we all had different separate click tracks oh and God. like the audience could hear it, I think that would... They wouldn't I feel, hear I feel it. like we could make them hear it. I mean, we could make them hear anything if, we like, want. It could be like a piece of art, you know? I'm I'm sick of not having any art in this podcast. And I feel like we could finally do something avant-garde. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned art because I wrote this down while I was like kind of as a little quote here. I was just like, I can't decide if it's something that I like that they did or that I think it was lazy that they did. And then I was thinking like, even if it was like, quote unquote, done on purpose, it's like too easy to pass off laziness as artistry, you know? Because then, if anyone if some, if anyone ever questions your art, you can just be like, "Well, yeah, I did that on purpose. Like that's not a mess up stroke on the canvas, you know. Like I meant to do that. It you know it signifies this and this it's, or whatever. And it's like it's too easy to like just get away with bullshit with art. Yeah, I mean like with visual art especially, I think. But I don't know. I feel like we could you could usually tell in in music like with nirvana and stuff it kind of has that like whatever vibe about it but yeah, still but if, artistic i think even on on with music you can still kind of be like oh i meant to play that off note because <laughs> i think it adds a, you know whatever it's like you can always like justify it after the fact so it's that's yeah. why it's hard to critique art is what i'm getting at it's all subjective baby yeah that's why you can never question art I mean, uh, I think that's you what? certainly can. I mean, you can't question the choices that they did as like a mistake is what I mean. You can't be like, mm, I don't think he meant to do, I don't think he meant to include that part and he just kept it because, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it depends. <laughs> if it's like a punk record, like, sure, if it's a mistake, who cares? It's I used to punk. I used to do that for my DIY projects. I would just like have a mistake and I'm like, ah, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> that's true you can totally it's artistic, get away eh. yeah that's what i mean right like that's what exactly what i'm talking about it's like hey i'm an artist i can you know hey it's all for the it's all for the art baby yeah you can fuck up if you want man yeah well yeah. i like i mean I, that's that's kind of the beautiful thing too about art is you can fuck up and be like hey that just kind of added something to it you know instead yeah. of fucking up in life and being like oh that didn't add anything to my life well uh you know what you know what is you know it's very artistic y'all just talking about nothing for like a good 30 minutes yep exactly we weren't supposed to listen to an album this week right oh shit i didn't know that wait what album yeah i thought we were just talking with michael just to kind of like hey man what's up we're just catching up right yeah we're recording this for posterity. Just we might as well I record mean, every part of our friendship and try and make you know something from it. Oh wait, so there's well, a record. 
What? So, wait. So, what's the record, Michael? What's the what? What record? Oh, okay. So we're back to this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I must have You're missed something because y'all Michael. y'all were kind of glitching out on my end. So I feel like there was like oh, okay. a little chunklet of conversation that I completely missed out on. <laughs> ah, like we're just we're well, circling I'm, on this bit. Basically, what we said is, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds Podcast, the EVP cast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brett Mania Hanrahan. Uh, Join with me, as always, is Lucas Mania uh, Indrakovs. L.I., what up, y'all? We have a great show for you this week because we have a special guest all the way from the hills of Nostradamus's lair, uh, we have Michael Mania Munoz. How you doing, Michael? <laughs> What's happening? I'm doing all right. Michael the Power Line. Michael Munoz. Power Line. Is Michael that? Did you? Uh, not Mac did you, Pike <laughs> Munoz. Is that? Tell me, Michael. Is that Power Line shirt from a show? Did you see him? Uh, I wish I could say I did. I only saw him. You may be familiar with the uh, the uh, documentary uh, known as a Goofy movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, it's it, like it, a documentary. Yeah, it chronicled the life of uh, of one Maximilian going through <laughs> uh, changes in his life, growing, growing up, and learning that. Uh, you know, learning through your ancestors and, and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're wearing a Goofy Movie t-shirt? Falling in love, yeah. Oh, shit. I assume that was like a real band. It was so convincing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't You didn't see the face? Nah, all I can see is Michael's face. Here, I'll, uh, I'll angle the camera so you can get a better look. Yeah, oh, see there? Oh, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> The power line, the word itself does look like it's just from a band. Yeah. I, I need to go was lower like a, and like, oh, that's a goofy character. I thought it was like a speed metal band or something. Nah, man. <laughs> power line. Uh, this Tuesday. Guys, we're, I don't know if anyone's told you this, but we are the odd couple of podcasts. <laughs> uh, and with Michael, I feel like we're kind of more like a pod couple of odd casts, but with three people. It feels that way. I wish there was a better word for three people. You know a what I'm triumvirate, saying? Triumvirate, if you will. A triumvirate. The triumvirate of podcasts. A trivium. Yes. <laughs> uh, and this week, we are talking about The Body, The Blood, The Machine by The Thermals. Uh, and Michael, you brought this in. You want to talk about it a little? Uh, sure. Um, so... I suggested it just because it's uh, an album that I have been kind of recently obsessed with for like the past month, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> I've been listening to it to a lot. Um, I don't know why, um, particularly now, why it's like struck such a chord with me. Um, because I actually, I was turned on to the thermals about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, uh, when I first moved to Austin here. Um, I was uh, dating somebody who um, uh, who liked the thermals. I never had heard of them. She used to play them when we were like in her car, like driving somewhere. Um, 
And uh, at the time, like, it was cool, but, like, I wasn't, like, super into it, um, really. I just, I didn't really listen to any of that kind of music at the time. So, um, but now, like, since, like, joining a band with Lucas in particular and, like, kind of, like, getting this, like, love of punk rock in me and all that, um, I don't know. It just... I don't know, something about this album clicked, and a lot of it has to do with, I think, the uh, the time period it was created in, uh, too. It's yeah. just, like, super nostalgic for me because it's just sort of a perfect encapsulation of the political atmosphere here in the United States at the time during the Bush administration. You're a, you're a big fan of the war on terrorism? No, <laughs> not at all. Big Bush fan over here. Big Bushian. A bush, uh, no, bush baby. I, I mean, when, what they call at first, probably. But uh, I was actually like quite conservative at the beginning of high school, and then uh, towards the end, uh, not so much. Oh wow! So, yeah. So uh, you, if you, this album came out in two thousand six, I believe. That's right. Do you think this, like, this album would have like, kind of changed how you? thought about stuff like that if you'd heard it back then probably not i probably would have agreed with a lot of the the lyrics but i don't know if i really on a musical level really enjoyed it because particularly Mm -hmm. in 2006 like i was still like pretty heavy in like my metal phase and also like starting to like discover like classic rock and you know Jimi hendrix and right i mean i knew zz top already of course being from houston um but you know i didn't really dig into it and appreciate it like i did then beforehand if that i don't even know if that sentence even made any sense no but for it sure. wasn't it, it wasn't hard enough for you is basically what you're saying back then i just kind of had a a um what's the word i'm looking for like were you a hater <laughs> yeah, I guess. Kind of hate. Like to, yeah. Well, I just, I just wasn't really into punk back then because back then, like, I don't know, a lot of like punk music, especially the like stuff that was current, was just like these, you know, skinny boys and skinny jeans with these whiny voices, <laughs> and <laughs> that's what's like surprising that. And that, I just wasn't really into that, you know. Yeah, it's surprising that you're that you're into this. Honestly, because like as someone who is new to punk, like this must this is kind of I would think a hard album to get into if you don't listen to pop punk a lot, mostly because of his vocals. Well, his his vocals also remind me a lot of um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the guy from the Mountain Goats. Who yes, same girl who uh, I was dating who turned me on to the Thermals. She was a huge Mountain Goats fan, so you know this kind of made sense that makes a lot of sense i wrote that yeah i thought the same thing mountain goats and the front bottoms i don't know if you ever heard them but uh no i don't know the front bottoms similar similar singing like very nosy and uh nasal and like fucking bratty like snotty yeah it reminded me of ben folds a couple times i could totally hear that kind of like that same like sassiness in th- his voice. What if they're you know? like from the same area? Because it might just be an accent, too. You Maybe. Know? Well, the thermals are from Portland, so I don't know where Ben Folds is from. Let me see. Let me see. 
I haven't I haven't caught up with that guy in a while. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's from Winston Salem, North Carolina. So no. Okay. Uh, it's so. very different uh, coast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Immediately theory immediately disproven. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm glad we're doing. It. I looked it up, Jamie. <laughs> what about mountain goats? You're gonna make me do this now. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a little trivia that we're doing. Right, there's a game that we like to play. Where where the, where's the band from? Mountain goats are based out of. Uh, they're from Claremont, California, but they're now currently based out of Durham, North Carolina, another North Carolina place. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. But they're from California. They're from California. Yeah. Uh, genus species is Oreamenos americanos. Wait, AKA what? the mountain goats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, man. I uh, There's definitely something like very... I mean, uh, something like his vocals would already turn someone off of this record. If you're not into that or if it doesn't like connect with you. Yeah. yeah. The way that he sings, I would say, is like... It's almost like Tom DeLonge-ish also. <laughs> kind I mean, of, but I can't stand Tom DeLonge's vocals still. To I can't day, either. So I don't know. <laughs> I love Blink-182 and I can't stand Tom DeLonge's voice, so <laughs> I get it. I I feel like it's just kind of a, it's a little whiny sounding, but also it sounds very emotional and it sounds very raw at times. Mm-hmm, definitely. In like the realness kind of, the realness uh kind of gets me to that area not i i wasn't i loved the vocals the whole album i thought they were great you know there, there wasn't a single time where i was like annoyed by them which is unusual for me <laughs> yeah i think it's because i it automatically like i'm already fans of other bands that kind of sound like this guy like the mountain goats and, and the front bottom so to me like i think the front bottoms was my first like intro to kind of singing like this where i actually liked it um, so coming to this, it was just automatically, uh, you know, I had no problem with it, at least. I don't know if I would say I liked it, but I definitely didn't. It definitely didn't bother me. <laughs> it didn't. It wasn't a detriment to your music experience. Right. It, it was tolerable. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, uh, at the Tom very the least, Lomberful. you know, if not like, I definitely like that he can get, you know, it's not like he's singing like weak at all it was like you said like it's like he still has a lot of emotion and rawness and he'll kind of like you know get up to the top of his range and kind of you know kind of screamy yelly yeah. type of stuff yeah. so I, I i dig that a lot kind of crack a little bit yeah i love that yeah i do too i really like the like the feel of, of those kind of vocals i think which is why i i don't know i, I found it easy to get into personally for sure. Like what a, I mean, so, okay. So the album is called the body, the blood and the machine and the machine. And it's Just the machine. And, okay. The body, the blood, the machine. Sorry. Yeah. And it's apparently a, a concept album. So it's, it tells the, it is uh, right. It right here. They say it, it tells the story of a young couple who must flee a United States governed by fascist foe Christians. So it's a lot of like religious and political like themes throughout the whole album. Yeah. Very, very, it, very it, overt. Which very, makes a lot of sense can, for the era it came out, right? 2006 was like, you know, deep in the war in Afghanistan and Iraq and all that shit. So like, you know, they just kind of were 
talk, they were writing about what a lot of rock bands were writing about at the time. Oh, for sure. Like some one of the reviews I read compared this. They said this is like the uh, American Idiot, but less suburban. <laughs> <laughs> less suburban and much more heavy-handed with the Christian allegories. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I didn't know what they I, meant I, by suburban. Uh, American Idiot. It is very. I mean, the one of the songs is called "Jesus of Suburbia." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, I, and? I guess just the kind of like polished mall pop punk sound that yeah. American Idiot had versus this, you know? This sounds a lot more, not lo-fi, but less clean than, than an album like that would be. Yeah. I did like the, uh, the crunchy, noisy guitars. Um, yeah, I love that sound, man. It reminded me kind of of like '90s Weezer, like Pinkerton era Weezer stuff. Mm. For sure. Um, I actually read somewhere. I found an interview with them where it's like a short little blurb about how they uh, did the guitars, and apparently, some, not all of them, but a lot of the like layers that they used on the guitars were actually an acoustic guitar, but oh. ran through. Um, just like uh like distortion like a really like a really dirty signal like through the microphone um which made it just sound like super raw and just right yeah gnarly i have the the plugged in electric acoustic i feel like is an underrated uh (laughs) medium totally agreed for that instrument like distorting an acoustic guitar sounds really cool yeah it's just got this kind of again just this roughness to it this rawness uh that feels like it it inherently feels pretty emotional to me yeah maybe it's a it kind of like the in the scott pilgrim soundtrack like all the stuff that beck wrote for that soundtrack like all that punky garage rock stuff like them going through like a distorted acoustic guitar just added like such a like yeah it's like a weird richness to it yeah yeah it doesn't sound like an electric. It's it's weird to hear the difference. Like you would think when something's distorted, it would just sound the same, like two different guitars, you know. But like, I, I do like that. It is underrated. It's not used enough. So that's cool that they would layer that on here, and make sense why it was so fuzzy, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, tell me, Michael, why why this album instead of any of the other Thermals albums? Uh, this is the one I've listened to the most by like a pretty large margin. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I decided to just start listening to this one. I think there was a, Oh, you I know, I know what, um, what kickstarted it was, um, when I was at work, I guess like right before I started listening to this album a lot, um, someone was listening to some Spotify radio station I forget based upon which artist exactly, but one of the uh, songs from this album came up. It was um, what is it? Back to the Sea. Um, mm. Back to the Sea came mm. on. I was like, wait, I recognize this band, and I looked at the um, the, the tablet, and sure enough, is a Thermals. I was like, man, I'm really feeling this. I should check out this this whole <laughs> album and just dive in and. I haven't stopped listening for a month. <laughs> I mean, dude, Damn. I'll tell you, like, this is exactly 
this is exactly what I've been wanting to listen to for a bit. You know, some like not not pop punk, not punk, not rock, but somewhere in between with like, you know, kind of an alternative twist. And it's it, it, they got some good driving songs. They have some good just I don't know, it's catchy, but it's also emotional. Uh and so I've I've loved listening to this album. You know, and we've been on a bit of a crunch uh <laughs> for the last, you know, couple weeks or so for this podcast. Uh but I've I've enjoyed every listen. Awesome, man. It's cool. Yeah, I it I they kind of like I like that they uh he uses a lot of storytelling too. Like I knowing it's a concept album, but I do like that like every song it kind of reminded me of like Titus Andronicus a little bit where he like he right, uses yeah, a lot yeah. of words. You know? Like it's like how do you write this many lyrics for like one song? Like it's like Titus and and uh, a band called Gang of Youths. I don't know if you guys know them, but also sounds familiar. Very lyrical, very like emotional music, but super catchy and like can get it, you know, loud and snotty and everything too. So yeah. it's kind of like all in the same vein. Man, I need to I need to get back into Titus. <laughs> I I gave him a chance a little while ago and I wasn't into it, but I feel like I'd be super into it now. I like that. I mean, especially if you're comparing it to this band, uh yeah, I should definitely do a little bit more digging into it too. Yeah, I'd look up his like earlier stuff. Um his his later stuff, he kind of it's getting a little too uh, up his own butt. <laughs> is it a is it a solo band? Is it just one dude? It's well. So I saw him live uh, in Seattle, and he it did kind of seem like it was a one man show a little bit. Um, mm. I think he he's like clearly like the creative force in the band, and I think like I don't know if the whole band just quit or what happened, but he was touring with just him and a drummer. So oh wow yeah. And uh, it was really great, but there was a moment in the show where I'm just like, God damn, it has been like nearly two hours of this guy just like singing. Two hours? Singing short stories at you. Yeah, he played for a long fucking time. Oh my God. And at one point, like got off the stage and went out to the bar and stood up on the bar and was singing and like surrounded by people. And it was like, by the end, I was just like like, mentally exhausted. I was about to say emotionally exhausted. I guess that's (laughs) really what it was. was Maybe both. Yeah, this dude, it's just like, he's very verbose. So that's kind of. This this band is like pretty verbose with their with their lyrics, and even the ones you know the songs that don't really have a a lot of lyrics. The lyrics are like really impactful. Mm. Like the whole album has good lyrics. Yeah, I I believe so too, and I love the way that he performs some of the lines of these songs. Like especially in the uh, in the first song, uh, the way he delivered some of those lines like connected with me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, his delivery is pretty rad in a lot of those a lot of those songs. Um like uh in the, in uh in that song in particular, um Here's Your Future, yeah. the opening track when I think it's the last verse when he's talking about like Jesus going down to like die for the world's sins and he's yeah. like Sunset, I will, but Dad, I'm afraid. Dad, I'm like, afraid. Yeah, I love. Do, 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 I love do, 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 how he does that. That is a good line. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, it's like either the second or the third song, 
maybe where uh he uh he's like i'm gonna need you to kill it's the second song that's what the title is <laughs> i might need you to kill you know i like the line pull out your best suit you know the one that they're gonna bury you in i'm like oh that's such a good line that's dope yeah that was my favorite lyric on the album my my one regret with uh listening to this album is that i didn't i i didn't have enough time to like really get into the lyrics you know they're cool man dive into them a little bit because he's he's painting a really cool picture like and it's cool to i'm just always impressed with the concept album that pulls it off right like i i uh and dude, like, oh, I love the line where he's like, "I carry my baby, I carry, I carry my, my baby." baby. Yeah. yeah, that was the that was the one song I'd heard before on this record. I, I feel like this would be a a killer live show to go to and like just scream out these vocals with him. You know, the whole the whole bar is singing along. Dude, yeah, like play this whole album in full. Oh yeah, that'd be a fun one. <laughs> That'd be incredible. It's too bad they don't they broke up. I know, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Pretty recently, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's they they held on for a while. And this is this is like their third album, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it's their third album. Yeah, so they've been they've been going for a while. Man, I will say too on this record, like I like the fast songs so much more. The up tempo ones a lot more than the mid tempo. And usually I'm a mid-tempo, you know, Mary. I I love mid <laughs> mid-tempo music, and I I they're just I feel like his, the energy like they're better with like that relief kind of manic energy. Like his vocals are more fun to listen to and more like powerful. Yeah. on those songs. I'm the I'm the same way. That's for most music in general. Like I like the driving stuff where they're just going and giving it all they got. Uh, and even honestly. Uh, some parts of those slower songs, like uh, "Back to the Sea," I believe, with that drum part, or am I thinking of uh, something else? It's like do Oh, that's um test pattern. Test pattern. Uh, I believe. I believe. Yeah, for whatever reason, that drum pattern, like, kind of, kind of irked me, and like. It, it it tested my patience for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they lost their drummer before this album. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's these... the uh, the bass player playing drums right. on it. They all kind of switched off instruments on some songs and kind of like all it was just three of them doing like all the instruments. So I th- I feel like that's why the drums are also like not like insane on this record, you know. It's very basic, I'd say. Not not that that's a bad thing, but I think it does what it's supposed to do. Like it does a really good yeah. job, like of uh, keeping keeping the energy going on the big ones, and like just keeping like a good constant like rhythm. You know, like exactly, they yeah. just do their job. Yeah, I always appreciate that. For yeah, sure. I don't know if there's one fill on this record that like made me go like, oh. I don't know if there's one fill on this record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was about to say I I, I can't even think of a, a a fill anywhere. I don't think there is one, man. But I will say like, uh, back to the sea is like a very close contender to being one of my nugs because really, Ooh. it's so like it's the most repetitive song on the record, 
But I have there's something I'm I'm also kind of a sucker for like repetitive songs that it's just like it's so ballsy to me. They, like it's like you're just gonna play one fucking chord, like you know the same progression for the whole song, and like and you just keep this constant energy going like the whole time. Like you're not you're not gonna change it at all. It's like this is four and a half minutes of us doing this, and like when it's when I already like that one measure. And you're just going to repeat it for four and a half minutes. Just like keep on going. There's something I respect in that, that I do like repetitive songs sometimes. And, and that one is like really cool. I just love the riff on it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the same note for a good amount of the it, song. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like the stoner rock track of the, on the album. <laughs> if you, if you the put drum the patterns like sounds like a lot of like stoner rock, you know? Yeah. That's exactly if, it. If you put a like, if you put the drums in like halftime, you know, you can imagine like sleep doing something like that. For sure. Yeah. I, you know, that, and that is kind of a constant thing on the album too, right? Like uh, it seems like when they start, uh, the rhythm never really changes throughout the song, the tempo. So like once this, the song is the same tempo the whole time, even though they'll like change, you know, in notes and all that stuff throughout it. But it's just like, it seems like when the song starts, it's like, you know, that it's it's gonna be that for the yeah. whole track. It doesn't. It's not gonna really uh, twist expectations, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's and not it's, gonna surprise it's, you. It's a type of punk that you can like dance to. That's easy yeah. to dance to. It's just straight ahead, just like rocking music. Like it. It has such like a almost like a classic feel to it. I don't know. It's just like. I got some 50s vibes. Here's a song. 50s vibes. I got some 50s vibes, like on Test Pattern. And uh, yeah, and one other one where like the guitar part. Oh, uh, yeah, it was Test Pattern. Like when it has that really reverby kind of lead part that he's playing on the on the lower strings. And just that that rhythm is very like almost like 50s rock and roll. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's almost got like a surf vibe to it. You can just picture like totally. being on the beach and right, just like yeah. in somewhere on the Pacific and just like lounging, soaking up some rays and Yeah. You know, I'm making a catch a tasty wave. <laughs> Shredding some tasty gnar. Yeah, man. <laughs> Friggin' shredding foam, man. Oh, uh, brother, just trading water. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking foam. Just right in that sick sound wave, man. I can just see so many awkward white people dancing to this album. <laughs> just, <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a few out and about. But funny enough, they're all like, they're usually like, I'm going to guess like in their like 40s or 50s. But you can tell like they used to be like, you know. There were '90s grunge really kids, punk. Yeah, like really mm. punk back in their in their heyday. Yeah, and then they just start like <laughs> doing that a lot thing, of bouncing, you know? a lot of bouncing, a lot of shoulder a lot work, of swaying the head back and forth. <laughs> a lot of really <laughs> like, like cut traps in that crowd. <laughs> just like a lot of shoulder moves. <laughs> to put it in like musician terms, though, it's like the music is not very dynamic throughout the record they kind of keep it like like i said like you play your you know whatever you hear in the first 30 seconds is likely what you're going to hear for the whole song right which is not yeah, necessarily bad steady. again yeah it's just like i guess in dynamics in that sense like you know there's not 
they're not gonna yeah they're not gonna switch it well, up on you mr two minutes ago is like yeah i like it when they do the same thing throughout the entire song that that's what i'm saying it's not that i don't like it <laughs> i'd like repetitive stuff i'm a sucker for it for some reason like i feel like um i've noticed like friends get kind of bored with some of the music i put on because it's like especially like other drummers like i've known drummers that i put on a song where it's the same drum beat basically the whole song and they don't like it right yeah are you one are you one of those uh honestly man i mean it's been so long since we've listened to music together you know right it's like i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember if i was just annoyed at you or not did it did it uh (laughs) did this album bother you the, the drumming no, not at all. I, this is one of the very few moments for some reason that I just kind of, I don't know. Usually my attention is focused completely on the drums and it's hard for me to listen to anything else. Uh, but an album like this, it was easy for me to kind of like, okay, I can enjoy the song for what it is and I can listen to the rest of it and the guitars and the bass and stuff. And so I appreciated that, you know? That's cool. I feel like this album is like the the shining light of it is the lyrics, like the standout, the breakout star, you know, for sure. I think there are some catchy yeah. uh, guitar riffs in there, but for the most part, I'd say it, it is the vocals uh, are kind of the main thing you're supposed to be focusing on. Definitely. I mean, it's just like um, it's kind of like uh, actually I was listening to this album the other day and I was thinking about the episode y'all did about the drips and how y'all are talking Mm. about um, lyrical sensibilities and I feel like this is very much in that same vein where like like yeah there's like a story to it and definitely a lot of like heavy themes present throughout the album but if you actually like pull up the lyrics and like look at them it's really just like a whole bunch of like just like cool lines just kind of strung together it's not super cohesive really if you really like take a dive in it yeah except for like some songs where it's like like um like a pillar of salt i mean that one's like pretty i feel like that's probably the more like cohesive of all of them like lyrically speaking i think you can i think you can like put it in like that is poetic <clears throat> he's using a lot of imagery and like you know impactful trying to like come up with like impactful lines to like he's he's gonna he's trying to say one thing but he's gonna say it this way because it's cooler that way yeah yeah i would definitely say it's not as disjointed i don't know if that's the right word but like as as the drips and the bronx vocalist in particular you know (laughs) (laughs) probably i've never looked at their lyrics so i don't really have a frame of reference He's he is just straight up trying to write cool lines. After, he's trying to write <laughs> awesome action movie taglines on every line, <laughs> and just trying to come up with like it is just cool imagery. Just like it, I think that's like this guy has a good balance of like he is trying to get a point across, and there is a theme, but he's using really you know artistic poetic ways of of expressing that. Ooh, the guy from the Bronx? No, the guy, the... The, um, the thermals. The thermals. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, it's like, uh, I mean, of course, like, you listen to, like, all the individual tra- tracks, and it's like, obviously, these are about something, like, contained within itself, 
but they're all like related to one another but like the individual lines sometimes sometimes i'm just like i'm a little like okay so like the song ear for baby track three on here what the hell is ear for baby (laughs) (laughs) and that's the part that really stumps me because like to me like that's the name of the song and that's also the song where we get the line the body the blood the machine yeah which is awesome yeah but like um because like you you read the lyrics to the song it's basically it just seems like um it's like all like based upon like nazi propaganda like work is freedom Right. Shit like that. Oh um, yeah, gluttony is sin or sloth is sin. Sloth is sl- sl- uh, sloth is sin. Um, everybody, you know, get in line. It's time to inspect the subjects. Yeah, it all just seems like uh, like you know, a lot of language that would be used in a like a concentration camp or some sort of like weird sanitarium. Right. Fuck. Yeah. Good luck getting over the fence. Man, it's crazy how like creepy religious and when you combine religious imagery, which is already creepy, and then combine it with like fucking neo fascist government control and like using religion as a cover for that for like your own horrible things that you're doing and you're doing it in the name of God. It's like it's so creepy. Religion is so creepy. I mean it's already (laughs) we are already neck deep in that, sir. I know. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's that's the weird thing about it. Yeah. It, it it kind of and th- and people have already I've already know of like two articles I've seen online that said this already but it this album is eerily prophetic for its time. Like it's in a response to the Bush administration where like yeah, things were like crazy back then, right? At least that's how I remember it. Mm-hmm. But like now Yeah. Man. Yeah, it it uh I read. A, you probably read the same article I did by the AV Club, that talked about. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. That it's even more prescient, I think is the word that they that they used now than it was when it came out. Like, because what they were writing about was how scary would it be if this happens eventually, and then it fucking happens. So and it's, just it's like, happening. Holy That's shit! Right now. Yeah. 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 We're watching it unfold in real time, more or less. Yeah. I, Maybe not quite to that extreme, but I mean, man, like sometimes. I can't help but wonder. That's just me, but for sure they they I, they quoted a George Bush uh, speech, and I forgot that he said that God told him to to attack Iran. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> no, I remember that. Uh, That's scary, dude. I mean, he didn't phrase it quite that way, but that oh, was I thought it was a direct quote. Gist of it. No, 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 no. Oh, it was, God. I, I don't remember the exact quote, but, you know, I do remember, like, during that time, because I used to watch a lot of those kind of speeches just because I was very, very fascinated with that. that I mean, that was when, around the time I was in high school, so that was kind of, like, my first, like, becoming actually aware of, like, politics and our place as a country in the world sphere and all this stuff it was also new to me and i just like mm-hmm. there's like a, just a part of me that felt like i had to be clued into this like i couldn't look away like this was important right you know especially you know growing up like being like 15 seeing 9-11 happen mm-hmm. live on television like that's i mean that's a hell of a thing to go through man yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, like, I just remember in the aftermath of all that, it's just like, God is on our side. Like, you know, this is like. It was a righteous was war. Like, it was a right, exactly. It was a righteous war. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like all this like crusader rhetoric that was like being thrown around too. Yeah. Um, which at the time, like, you know, because, you know, I was still, like, I was still of the Christian faith at the time, like, that resonated with me, but then, like, you know, being a super hormonal teenager and just confused and learning all these things, you know, and finally, like, falling to, like, self-doubt and just, like, wondering, like, oh, my God, like, maybe we're actually wrong. Maybe this is all just a bunch of, like, hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah. Are we the baddies? Yeah, Are we the right? Ba- yeah. Yeah, dude, I I think, and I don't like maybe we're the empire, you know, and they're the rebellion. Yeah, Ugh. the Bad Religion album that came out that time, the Empire Strikes First, was like, ugh, ugh. fucking that album was so good, and that was right around the time when I started listening to Bad Religion and Anti Flag and all these, you know, No Effects and Big Wig and all these like really political punk bands. And I don't, dude, I think it's like crazy how. I got involved in like, you know, really interested in politics at the time also, because I was just like, what the fuck's going on? You know, like we were 14, 15 yeah. and, and I feel like the nine 11, like jumpstarted that for us because I feel like it's a normal age to start kind of thinking about that stuff. But I think a lot of people don't think about it till college, but we had, we had such a huge political thing that happened, you know, and a tragedy or whatever. That's like, you know, at the Pearl Harbor level and it kind of forces you to, to be like, you know, Oh, I haven't lived through a war really. Or like, oh, like <laughs> America hasn't ever been attacked like this, like in the last sixty years or whatever. And it's like, holy shit! Like you kind of see like what our response was, and it was it was like scary. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. And it's and this album like dredges all that back up for me, which is like, right. I don't know. Oddly, like I don't want to say satisfying because you know I <laughs> I don't take pleasure in. The <laughs> You know the uh, one maybe gratifying kind of stuff. I don't know. It, I guess. I guess it's just. I guess maybe it's just as simple as just nostalgia, really. Uh, just yeah. like thinking back to this bygone era where I was losing my innocence day by day. Well, also like being for like you know having to face realities of like you know shit going on outside of your own home. It's been like holy shit. Like how crazy it is outside of your house, you know, like, yeah, I feel like uh, the one thing that I can appreciate the Trump era for was waking me the fuck up again. You know, I kind of I, I was kind of sleepy for a while there. Just I got I was very like I very politically aware for a long time all through college and everything. And, uh, you know, up until basically like Obama was elected president. And then after that, it was like. Yeah, the world's great and I don't have to pay attention yeah. to anything that we're doing. And I lived in like, you know, just blissful ignorance for a long time. And, and, uh, Trump kind of, you know, realizing like, Oh, this is what happens when I stop caring, you know? Right. Yeah. I was, I was very apathetic and, and I felt like it's more dangerous if we talk about it and we think about it and it's like, we're dangerous to them. You know, the people who are trying to fucking have power. Yeah. And yeah. like it's dangerous for us to talk to each other. They don't I want mean, they that. They kind of rely on our ignorance and our uh, tendency to not want to deal with stuff like this. Yeah, you man. I, I 
I can't help but think like I read that book, uh, Lies My History Teacher Told Me, all about how they teach American oh, yeah. history. Oh, kind of re-radicalized you, man. That was like the catalyst. It was like between that and uh, all the BLM, that stuff, like that really blew yeah. up last summer. Those two yeah. things, I was just like, I need to wake the fuck up. And I'm very thankful that I did. Like, it, despite how fucking stressful it all is, like if you're paying attention, you should be scared. <laughs> like, and that's been the case for a long time, you know. But just not a lot of not a lot of people for a very long not enough time. people pay attention. Yeah, for a very long time. Um, so that's what's it's like. This isn't new. It's just more obvious, you know. All the things that are happening now. Yeah, the internet is is too. It's made all this shit way too available for us. It's, to, very, it's to a lot about. more accessible. Yeah. And that, that kind of like, this is the quote that uh, I told you about Brett that I read from a, just someone commenting on the, on the AV club article about this. And it kind of ties in with what Michael was saying about, you know, where he, where you were, you know, at this time in 2006. And I thought this was a really cool quote. It said, uh, as a Catholic school kid who was in college during the Bush years, this album checked all the right boxes for me. If you want a kid to grow up knowing too much about the Bible and a healthy distrust for religion, be sure to throw them into Catholic school for 12 years. <laughs> That's true. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, Dang. That, I thought that was like, you know, that just speaks to how this record might have helped a lot of people kind of snap out of it a little bit, you know? Or think about things differently. Right. Like, maybe if you had heard this in 2006, you know, you would have evolved to the next phase of, of who you are quicker. You know, maybe if you would accept by 2006, I was already like definitely a lot more left leaning than I was before uh, growing up. And at the time I was, um, you know, I identified myself as atheist and I was like really into like reading like those kind of blogs, um, Patheos friendly. um, And, uh, that's that's one of the bigger ones that I remember. Um, I used to I used to have a book by Sam Harris, The End of Faith. That was like a pretty big read for me back then. Um, Sam Harris was really a big like deal read for me. Like, I mean, he still is. He still pops up from time to time. Um, I feel like, especially like in the age of like TED Talks and all that kind of stuff. I think uh, I don't know if he has a TED Talk, but I know I've seen just like randomly without even looking for it just like videos of like it's like oh sam harris like debates this or talks about this like i think he has a podcast i wouldn't be surprised yeah because he's like a philosopher kind of he's um i forget his background exactly um i don't think that was like where he started i thought he was in some sort of and I could be completely off base here. I, I was under the impression that he w- had some sort of background in like neurology or um, he's a neuroscientist or yeah. Neuro neuroscience mm-hmm. um, of some kind. I could be wrong, but I thought that was like his kind of like where he came from. Well, I'm at the, uh, at Wikipedia, which, you know, everything's true on Wikipedia and they say he was a neuroscientist. Ah, oh. all right. There you go. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, he's a neuroscientist, American author, philosopher, and podcast host. So he does have a podcast. Well, speaking of podcasts, has a podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of podcasts, let's get to our Narnug section, y'all. Okay. Well, ah. right. yeah, it's fine. Is that, is that okay with you, Lucas? I know I didn't check with you. 
I just I like to meander. <laughs> You're so rigid, what are you Brett. Meandering on now. Hey, don't worry. We have plenty of time to keep meandering in the Narnug section. You need to be like water. <laughs> and just I mean, y'all's average episode is like an hour and a half. I feel like we're making like extremely good timing right now. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> You'd be surprised because if we all have different nugs. <laughs> ah, well, I feel like okay. I have a feeling we all share one nug. Okay. I get a feeling too. Uh, uh, Michael, you go first. Yeah. So how how many do we get again? Two. We get two, baby. Two. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, so number one which is probably one of the more obvious ones to pick. I mean, it's number one on Spotify in their artist page. Um, and also, like, in any article I read of theirs, like, this song inevitably comes up. Um, but A Pillar of Salt would be my first choice. Uh-huh. Note. Me too. Um, it's just fucking great. It's so good, <laughs> man. It's, it, it, it's just, oh, man, just everything about it is just fantastic. It is one um, of the few songs that does have, like, a palpable riff in there, you know, like with the lead guitar. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was synth. It reminded me of like Motion City soundtrack. You know, it no, may be. That, that's the guitar. Oh, that's guitar. I, I think it's a guitar played with the. I don't know. I, I imagine it's probably. He probably switches to the neck pickup during that part because sometimes the neck pickup can kind of have like kind of a. That kind of smooth. What round kind of tone to it? It could also like be like a fuzz pedal too that he uses too that can get those like kind of wooly, square wave, synth s kind of tones. I just um, assumed he went really high up on a lower string. You know, mm, that could be it too. That could be it too. You kind of get that more round sound. It could be a combination. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, there's no telling. Yeah, 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 dude. And the the vocals are just like you definitely want to sing along to that whole song. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And I love. That. I carry my baby, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so fun to sing. The the guitars yeah. like super like fuzzy, dirty guitars like, and again like the fast paced. You know, they have that fucking energy on yeah. the fast paced ones. Yeah. Super energetic. Super catchy. The lyrics are really interesting because they kind of turn the story of Lot on its head. Where like, you know, which is where the, the title comes from, right. the Pillar of Salt. Mm-hmm. They're like trying to escape Sodom and Gomorrah. And then God's like, don't look back or, you know, bad things will happen. Yeah. And then Lot's wife, she fucks up and she turns into a Pillar of Salt because she looked back on the burning cities. And then he was Jesus. like, dope, free salt. That's yeah, sick. I don't got to go to the store later. And yeah. I got to watch my cholesterol. So <laughs> you take it, Lot. Eat your wife. Uh, but, like, I think it's interesting what's, like, so, like, it's supposed to be, like, a, a retelling of, like, that whole story. But it's kind of flipped around because I think it's supposed to portray, like, you know, these people were, like, in the story of Lot, these are, like, godly people escaping this city of unimaginable sin and dirty dealings and then here it's like we have this couple or group of people or whoever who are like trying to escape this like theocratic Christian government (laughs) 
which I thought I think it's really cool like how like in the scope of the song like how that works because it's all just like people fleeing persecution yeah yeah refugees how many how many times do you see pictures of refugees and there's someone carrying a baby true enough singing this song hopefully we're seeing it right now still (laughs) yeah I like I like the random little part to the outro guitar that kind of like I don't know if it's a delay or if it's a feedback thing, but it kind of reminds me of like a siren. Oh, the yeah, yeah. I love that ending, dude. I think it's really cool. Like something small like that. Like I really liked it a lot. Brett, is that one of your choices? Yes, it is, sir. Dang, three for three. Three for three. Wait, let, well, let's see if we all uh, share a second nug. What's your second choice nug, Michael? Um, so second choice nug. This was a really hard one for me because there's a lot of songs that I just I just love on this album. Um, so I had to narrow it down to two. I was able to whittle it down to two, and it was a really hard two to choose from. Uh. But I think my second nug would be uh, returning to the fold. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What is it about that song? Well, it imme- it's so it's the track that immediately follows a pillar of salt, and the way those two songs like seg into each other is just like well, perfect. Further confirming Lucas's theory. Yeah. Uh, what theory? Of coinciding songs. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, th- I mean that's definitely obvious on two particular tracks in this album with the I think it's what is it? The um I might need you to kill. It has that outro with the drums that go immediately into the yeah. drums that intro into ear for baby. How cool is that, dude? And I love that. I love that. that. I love Always that. Always a sucker for that stuff. Love that transition. Um, it's so smooth. But yeah. Yeah, did you know, I mean, <laughs> did you realize that Returning to the Fold uses the same chords as a Pillar of Salt? It's the same progression. No, it doesn't really. Yeah, it's the same progression, just I didn't they play that. it halftime. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, dude, this sounds like the exact same chords, and I looked it up, and it is. It's like basically like a part two, but they use the same chords. Huh. Yeah. And Dang. that's what I wrote. I was like, you know, it's like, it's too easy to pass off what you could would consider laziness as artistry. You know, just like, hey, what if we played this halftime? It sounds kind of cool. And then I mean, write a, a song, you know. I, I would definitely put that in the artistry side of that rather than the laziness side. I, that's where I kind of started thinking about yeah. it. Like, because I think it was very obviously on purpose and like they were trying to do that. But uh, that's where like that that high thought came from. <laughs> But yeah, but this yeah, returning to the fold. Um, I, I I that one is just because. Well, like I said, the way it transitions into that. Um, I don't know. Just the pairing of those songs is just so perfect to me. They just really complement each other, and I guess maybe that was by design. That's probably a large reason. Yeah, yeah. large reason why. But also just because. Um, I also really like the lyrics and like the vocal hooks are just spot on i love um, in the verses when he matches up the i forgot i needed it like it matches up perfectly with the guitar yeah <laughs> i forgot i needed it to think yeah to th- um, 
<laughs> and then there's that like super simple like guitar riff that is between the I think it's only between like the first verse and the second verse. It's like yeah, super simple, but like, it, I, it gets the point across. I love that. I love that that line a lot. <laughs> and then um, I don't know, like lyrically, I identify with it a lot because it just seems sort of like this. At least the way I interpret it, it kind of seems like this person who's like kind of contemplating their past life as like, like you know, someone who is like devout religiously, and then like coming out the other side of that and just being like, well, you know, like, like they got out of it for a reason, but they can also like sort of appreciate it at the same time for what it was. Mm. It is weird. Like at least that's what I got out of it. The the lyrics for that song. The, the there is some vagueness in what he's trying to like convey in the lyrics a little bit because he says like, "I regret leaving at all. I forgot I needed a god like a big brother, but big brothers capitalized like big brother. You know, yeah. So right. it's like right. I forgot I needed a god like big brother." It's like, oh, fuck. Like, so, like, are you being still, like, kind of, like, you know, God isn't great? Or are you, you know, saying that you forgot it was maybe it was something that brought you uh, uh, security or whatever? Well, I think a lot of that song is also, like, kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, kind of sarcastic. This whole album is um, drenched way, with sarcasm. But <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. But at the same time, just because, and maybe it's just because of, like the beauty of the song but it's hard for me not to also feel like it's like also like writing this like sort of genuine line to through the sarcasm well as well i listening looking at these lyrics it's hard to think that the singer wasn't you know at least at one time a pretty devout christian and maybe he you know had a, a change in his life and you you can tell he knows what he's talking about, but he's also critiquing all this stuff about his religion, you know. Yeah. And so there probably is a part of him that's that remembers how he was before with fondness, but maybe now he's a little more cynical about the whole thing, and or maybe he just is more kind of educated about all that's happening around it. Right. Just being a fucking brat. <laughs> he's just being a little, he's being a little brat, and that's fine. Sir, sure. Yeah, you don't question <laughs> what people say. Uh, so yeah, those are those are your two Narnugs. You got Pillar of Salt and Returning to the Fold. Uh, Lucas, what is your one of yours? Is Pillar of Salt? Is that right? Yep, Pillar of Salt for sure. And let me. Say your Narnog. I want us to say it at the same time because I think we have the same one. Okay. All right. So three, two, one. Here's your back future. to the sea. No. Oh, <laughs> dang! Well, I was so sure, dude. I do like here's your future. Um, I do too. It's a great intro. It is. It, it's a good song, uh, and that was an original Narnug. But uh, back to the sea, like the multiple listens on it, really, really grew on me. It's really? it's one of the only mid tempo songs that I liked a lot on the record, and I just love how like simple it is. 
Yeah. It has that kind of same rhythm going throughout the whole thing. The drums are crashing on those cymbals the whole time. Yeah, right. that riff is da da na 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 Yeah. Like, and it goes up, plays the same thing an octave up, and then comes back down. Like, yeah, classic. <laughs> so so simple. Not a lot of like, you know, like it like range or dynamic or anything in the song, but uh, that that riff is just so catchy to me. That one note, just holding out one note, or maybe even the little slide up that they might do during it. Right, yeah, and it's definitely I think a standout. Yeah, and like I feel like the drums stand out on that song more than most of the others. Hmm. And I just, do like how he comes in two by two. I like, I mean, I like his vocals on the entire album, but I do think this is one of my favorite vocal songs because it sounds like he's just shouting it out to the to the sky and the earth you know he's just yeah. out in a field and he's, and he's just, just like arms wide open he's like ah! mount everest <laughs> and it's super catchy i'm gonna crawl <laughs> it's like so yeah. catchy it almost sounds like a like an one of those old like michael Rowe, your boat ashore <laughs> like like just that little melody is like kind of sounds like old worship music or whatever you call it sure i wonder if that was on purpose it reminds I, me of michael row your boat i mean i'm sure it must have been on purpose <laughs> right or he could claim it that. yeah <laughs> but yeah back to back to the like, sea kind of like a punk rock hymnal almost yeah dude yes that's what it is it sounds like a hymnal. Very, very effective. If that's what they were going for, like it, they they got me on that one. <laughs> what about you, Brett? What's your your second one's "Here's Your Future"? It it is the first track "Here's Your Future," which I thought it, as Michael said, is a great intro to the album, uh, especially with the uh, with the lyrical themes, right? And it kind of starts off the album. Here's your future. And this is kind of, you're looking down the gun of what the rest of your life is going to be. Uh, and I love, I love the guitar riff. You know, classic. Yeah. It's very like grungy to me. Yeah. And but very, uh, but punky too. Very punky. And he, here's your future. Here's your future. You know, and he comes in with the, with the rest of the guys uh the way he delivers uh that last line he's like jesus has to die for our sins and but dad i'm scared you know <laughs> <laughs> but i'm scared but i'm scared like something about that delivery just like i love it uh but yeah just one of those driving songs just yeah. open chords the whole time you know, it, holding nothing back. There's uh, something about this song that reminds me of the other kind of pop punky band that we've done on this on earbuds before. What was it? It was an album you suggested. Was it Lily? Uh, was it Lily? The one that was like, uh, he was talking about like a mining town that closed. Oh, pup pup. These yeah. guys kind of remind me of pup a little bit. Yeah. With their, with their more punky songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. That was this first, like when this opened 
with this song, it, I was like thinking immediately. I was like, "Oh man, if the whole album's like this, it's gonna remind me of Pup, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like it." Yeah. Then it's kind of one of the only songs with a little solo on it too. Yeah, yeah, Dad, I'm afraid, and then it kind of has a little uh, breakdown, goes back into it with a tiny, the, the like most minuscule of solos. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I don't hate it. Works. it. It works. It works. It works, baby. So here's your future. Oh, man. Shit, man. Well, what would you, um, Michael? What would you rate this album? Um. So I think the last episode that I did with you guys, I uh, you uh, <laughs> you're a real on our rating system. I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, deservedly. And, so. Yeah, you want to. And this time was take the opportunity to do that no again. Different. This time's so, no different. Five stars. He still, he still doesn't like it. Okay. Five stars. Okay, so a ten. Five stars from my solid four. Five out of five, which is a, a ten out of ten. Really? Is it really a five no, out of four, five, four, Michael? Four. No, look at my fingers. Look at my fingers. Is that five? I don't. Oh, think. it's a four. I'm not okay. looking at you. Yeah, you expect us to know Four how to count? I'm doing my own thing over here. I'm 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 tying my shoes over here. I'm learning how to tie knots. I'm a little yeah. boy scout. I can't be looking at you all the time. Boy scout, you learn that shit in Cub Scouts, bro. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, it's you're a little behind. This is adult boy scouts, okay? It's man scouts. Man scouts. Man scouts. <laughs> man scouts this Tuesday on NBC and <laughs> <On> TBS. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some like survivor doomsday prep kind of thing. It's just like the next naked and afraid. Some men me, I just to me it sounds like a Ben Stiller movie. Oh, bye Norma. Good night Norma. But Michael's Michael's baby Norma cried every single time she looked at me the other day. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Well, I, I mean, I do. I, I she was she had a short second nap. It was her last nap of the day. She was probably super tired. Oh, what? oh kisses. Aww. Well, there was something about my face that would set her off, and uh, <laughs> don't I was, don't don't let her look at the camera. You know, to say don't offended her, is, is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I took it personally. I said, "Okay, we're never well, friends." Don't worry. It was it was just because of your style. Yeah, it's just because your like general your demeanor that upset yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. I she sees Luis who looks exactly like me, and she's like, "Uh, <laughs> you look nice." <laughs> Whatever, Norma. I'm I'm already. She's too popular. For I'm me over. Already. I'm over you, man. <laughs> yeah, she's already too popular for me. She thinks she's so cool. <laughs> she's pretty tight. She well, is cool. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this album a seven point six because I really I I very much enjoyed it, man, and I'll definitely be coming back to it. I don't think it was anything like mind bending, but right now, this nah. is exactly what I needed. I just needed some crunchy, fuzzy guitars with like a catchy, catchy vocals, a nice driving beat. You know, I it, I just needed something good like this. A seven point six, huh? That's right. That's a three point eight for you, Michael. Just doing the conversion. <laughs> in in for terms you. you can understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I I don't think that really applies. I don't think the conversion rate's quite the same. <laughs> well, whose fault is that? Yeah, you're making us having to convert. I don't have this on the back of my notebook. No. Yeah, I told you to email four us. Five straight four. This seven point fucking two five whatever shit is completely arbitrary. It's for the birds. <laughs> well, but hey, you do you do y'all. We man. have our own. <laughs> hey, system. yeah. I, I, if I remember correctly, this is our podcast, sir. <laughs> exactly. So you come on our podcast. You come on our podcast. Tell <laughs> us how to run. The you show. invited me. <laughs> Actually, I kind of invited myself. Hey, you're always welcome. But of you course. come to our podcast. <laughs> All right, well, I would give it, man, originally, to be honest, first first time through, uh, Pillar of Salt, Here's Your Future, and um, Back to the Sea, those songs are all like nines for me. Oh. But right. everything else was like between like a four and like a six. And so I just didn't, I, the mid tempo stuff, like just didn't grab me as much as the faster songs. And back to the sea was like the one mid tempo one that I like really liked a lot. Um, so originally I was going to give this like a 4.5, but, uh, after multiple listens, it got me up to like a six. Okay. Just because like, man, the songs that I like, I like a lot. I don't like all of them, but the ones I do are really good, man. Yeah, I think well, I could definitely say my, my least favorite songs are probably like the very last two. Yeah, the last two definitely kind of lost me a little bit. Um, and like St. Uh, Saint Rosa kind of lost me a little bit. Oh, I like yeah, that Yeah, I thought that one, I was, that one a that lot. was I think that was a contender for my other Narnug. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, it's to each their own. But yeah, it, it was like yeah. once once it got after Test Pattern... I started kind of like getting a little like bored of, of like um, just how repetitive some of their songs can be, despite how much I, I like that. But it was just like just the tempo like wasn't enough to kind of keep me going. But Back to the Sea was the one that like really like brought it back for me. And then, yeah, the yeah. last two also kind of like yeah. weren't, weren't so yeah, I would uh, impactful say it's, for me. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was hoping for a more, I, I don't know, like thrilling final song. It, yeah, like I remember you said that on a on the dub side of the moon, you were like, "Man, Eclipse is supposed to be, or brain damage or whatever is like it's supposed to be this like really strong end, you know?" Yeah, yeah, and, it's the grand finale. Yeah, and for the for dub side of the moon, they it was very. I mean, they just kind of reggae-fied it, and reggae doesn't have those like big epic moments like that. It's just not yeah. really in the genre. But There's no real buildups in reggae. It's like I thought I thought nah. these last two songs were good. I thought uh I hold the sound was good, but I I was kind of expecting a little more for the for the finale of this of this album, but maybe it's just me not seeing something. If it ended with Back to the Sea, ooh, that'd be such a good ending. Man. Mm. I mean, I get it like thematically like I hold the sound makes sense cuz it's supposed to be like, oh, now like you know, this like Christian empire is like reaping what it sows. And now like everyone's fucked and now everyone's dead. (laughs) And whoever was like, I get that. That makes sense. Right. Like the song itself is like, it's fine. Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it, but I'm not particularly thrilled about it either. I bet whoever played drums was psyched to be able to hit the toms. (laughs) 
finally. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I get Mr. to hit Bass the player, other drums Kathy now. Foster. <laughs> I have these two other ones. We haven't done anything with them yet. I, I'm going to use only these for this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think like Back to the Sea would be a, a good, honestly, a good kind of wrap up too, where it's just like, it's more of an escape, you know? Yeah, and it sounds a little more, I guess, uh, triumphant. You know, very yeah. Oh, very yeah. But it is talking about like. No, I need to evolve. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. Is to believe. It's kind of back to the sea. Is kind of a. Is that the one where it's kind of like God saying, like, I hope you can swim. No, oh, okay. that was. Um, that's a uh, here's your future. Okay, so God said to man, "No, I'm your father. Remember that no one can breathe other water." There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Be- Something like so that. So Back to the Sea is a little bit more of, of about maybe like taking control back a little bit and just like, like we're doing, like we're going to go do this, you know, instead. Yeah. We're going to yeah. take ourselves out. Yeah. It's, well, obviously, I mean, the song is about evolution, you know, crawling back to the primordial ooze from which you came. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But, uh. Yeah, well, you know, because life began the ocean, uh, and then came onto land, and then turned into reptiles and birds and dinosaurs and are you people? And well, Lucas, are you shit. are you telling me you don't? So it's like supposed to be like coming back. Do you not climb back into the primordial ooze uh, every couple weeks or so, Lucas? Do you mm. not do that? No, uh, I don't. I guess you guys believe in evolution. I'm more ah right. Of the other, you're, you're more of a like if we evolve from monkeys, why they're still monkeys type. Yeah, how come I got thumbs? Yeah, or are you more of like the uh, the crystal type? Well, it's like if I'm a fish, where are my gills? You know, like if if it, I didn't, right? I feel like I grow, I grew out of the rock like uh, jellyfish do in coral. You know? Oh shit! I just kind of proved myself wrong. What? <laughs> you know how jellyfish grow <laughs> well, in coral? First of all, I don't. Wait, what? Yeah, jellyfish like they're they grow out of coral, like they kind of like attach their pod to it, and that's where they're born out of like getting out of. I the did pod not know attached. that. It's trippy. I no, that's news to me. <laughs> Very trippy. Look it up. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high right now too, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> kind of having my own moments here. You're you kind of doing your own thing on that yeah, side of the earth. Y'all, I'm just c- trying to clue you in on, on where my brain is right now. <laughs> Well, this was a this was a fun this was a fun record, man. Thanks for suggesting this one. Yeah, man. I'm yeah, gonna be thanks for indulging me. I'm definitely gonna check out the these guys' other stuff after this. Yep, you should, man. I need to do the same too. I mean, I I've like listened to like the first three a few times, but like this one, well, I guess which is their third one. I've of course been listening to it almost non-stop it's it's really like kind of the only rock record i've been listening to lately um i've also been like getting like pretty inspired by it musically nice uh, yeah well it's been it's been pretty inspirational to me nice y'all should check out uh more parts per million was the album that i'd heard by them before this one and it's it's great that one's super raw, and that's all just like that. Um, Hutch Harris, their singer and guitar player. I think he, I'm pretty sure he did all the instruments on that record. Oh, in like his kitchen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the fucking dude from Death Cab for Cutie like 
produced their second album. Like, so that first one caught, got him a lot of attention. It's, it's oh, good. really? Yeah. Yeah. And this, and this record was uh, produced by the drummer Fugazi, which I thought was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I read that. Yeah. Brandon Canty. Yeah. Yeah. Thermals are great, man. Y'all should check them out and check out uh, Front Bottoms and, um, EBP uh, cast on Instagram. EBP cast on Instagram. Check out John Luke Guitard on Instagram. <laughs> Check out uh, Straggler Daisy yeah. on Instagram. Straglad. Straglad. Straglad Daisy. God damn it. Uh, no, no, it's just Straglad. It's Straggler Daisy. Well, the band is Straggler Daisy, but the handle is Straglad. Okay. I'm a cheeky little You bastard. are cheeky. I have You're noticed a bad that about you. You're a mad lad and a strag lad. <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, check out Straggler Daisy, Strag Lad on Instagram. Uh, they have one really good song. Downtown right Unicorns. Stra- out everywhere you can stream, baby. More to come out soon. Baby. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. You know, thank you for listening. Michael, every week. Every single every, week. Every single week. Our, we have a dedicated listener in Michael. And I'm going to hold him to it. <laughs> I'm going to check like in to, every week and be like, "How'd you? What'd you think of Brett's joke?" I give him, I quiz him, test you on every episode. And that's what I was planning on doing. Out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to uh, get finally hear how awkward I am on this episode <laughs> when y'all release it. I don't know, dude. I've I've had some weird stony moments on this episode too, so I don't want to worry too much about it. Uh, well, maybe it's just because I'm used to it, but like whenever I listen to you, even when I know you're high, I just take it for granted. And it, just, it doesn't it doesn't stand out to me, but maybe I'm just used. Like I said, I'm just used. That's to my that's my base level. It's your baseline. <laughs> yeah, that's baby. my equilibrium. <laughs> well, Michael, we need more heat. Thank you for joining, buddy. You're welcome, man. Thank y'all for having me. Anytime. And Brett, this was good. Lucas, this was good. Bye, buddies. Bye. Bye. Three and two and one.